Thank you for tuning in to the World Overcomers podcast. On behalf of our senior pastor, Andy Thompson, we appreciate your continued support and generosity. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to receive updates when we post new content every week. If you would like more information or want to make a contribution to World Overcomers or Pastor Andy, visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Once again, that is www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Enjoy the message. Amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Faith, because I don't know yet. If I can draw your attention to verse number two of 1 John chapter number three, where John says, Dear friends, beloved men, women, gentlemen, saints of the Most High God, now we are children of God. Right now, we're in church. Right now, we're praising God. Right now, we're saying hallelujah. Right now, we got our Bibles open. Right now, we just finished singing about the Lord. Right now, we just finished talking about the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We just right now talked about being confident in Him. Right now, we're doing the things that is normal for God's children to do. We're doing what we were taught to do. We're doing what we were raised to do. We're doing what is right as believers. We are acting like we are God's children. We're praising like we belong to him. We're giving like we belong to him. We're lifting up our hands like we belong to him. We're saying hallelujah like we belong to him. We're talking to the preacher like we belong to him. We're acting like we've been in church before. We're not acting like we don't know nothing about church or nothing about God. We are acknowledging at least on a Sunday, this is the Lord's day. This time belongs to God. We have dedicated a couple of hours out of hundreds of hours to the Lord right now. This is children of God behavior. Right now we are the sons of God. Right now we are the daughters of God. And what we shall be is unknown. What's going to happen tomorrow, we don't know. What's going to happen on Tuesday, we really don't know. What's going to happen on Thursday, we're not quite sure. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We know that his appearing, not just the second coming, but we know that when God shows up, he's going to make us like him. Meaning that not only will he make things amazing, and he can, but even when the Lord was in the earth, stuff wasn't amazing. By him making us like him, he makes us able to handle the fact that everything's not amazing. Doesn't say we know when he shall appear that that he gonna make everything amazing. It says we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we will see him as he is. Meaning, we'll have a realistic perspective of him. When we see him clearly, we'll begin to realize that being like him means that I can deal with the stuff that is life. And I can, in particular, deal with the stuff in life that I can't explain. 
the stuff that I don't know, the stuff that puzzles me, the stuff that makes me scratch my head, the stuff that makes me wonder. It's interesting to me that folk in our current world and generation are doubting God because they have an expectation for God and church to give an explanation to everything. And it doesn't mean that you can't get clarity. It doesn't mean that God won't explain. It doesn't mean that he won't make some stuff make sense. But there's an aspect of a relationship with God where he makes the stuff work out for your good, even if it's not what you would want it to be. So that you are a little bit all right with the future not being exactly what you know. Well, I'm going to talk to somebody in here this morning besides just myself that I realize that there's an unknown that's a part of it. When I was a kid, you know, a young man, I think of, when I think of it, when I say kid, I don't just mean a kid, I mean 26. I was a kid. To me at this point, 26 is a kid. When I was 26, when I was, shoot, 36, when I was in, when I was a young man, it, 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 back then there was no GPS. I just want that to just sink in for just a second. For all of us old enough to remember when there was no, don't make me start looking around for the gray hairs in here, when there was no GPS. Just remember, for those of you that are like, no GPS, what did you do? All right, let it sink in and just imagine for a second. For all of us who now have GPS, let's just remember for a minute the pre-GPS days. The crazy of the map. The fact that you had to pull a map out, bruh. You're like, what are you talking about? Yeah, bruh. You had to pull out a map. If you had both your parents, your dad was driving, and your mom was in the driver's seat getting in trouble. Oh, Lord. Halfway getting fussed at, there was fights because we missed the exit. Well, I'm trying to help you best I can, Gilbert. Well, you know we needed to take exit 20. And now they, because there was no little voice to say in the next, that, 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 that. No, you had to draw it out on a piece of paper. When you got in your car to go somewhere, you kind of knew where you were going and you kind of didn't. Oh, I need a witness in the back. You going to Disney World. Your parents had to have a, your mama had to have a plan. Your daddy had, they had to draw it out. You was going to somebody's house. You was in trouble. I don't know what y'all did here in North Carolina. You was in trouble if you was going to somebody's house. You are now dependent on somebody telling you directions and then they're arguing in the background. Give me that phone. You don't know how to give the directions. And they're fussing about who can give the best directions. And, that. and half the time, they didn't know street names. 
I wish I had a witness in the building. There's a McDonald's there, and when you get to the McDonald's, it's not that turn. It's the next. Is it the next turn? Rufus, is it the first turn or the second turn? You, you are out here trying to find them. You are pulling over. You are asking. You're going in gas stations. People are like, where are you trying to go? Well, I'm trying to find. And somebody told me, is there a bridge over here? And they said that there's a farm there and the pigs go. And you're like, can somebody tell me where exactly to go? You were going somewhere. But how you were going to get there and exactly the course that you were going to take was not exact. And you didn't have a constant voice telling you everywhere to go. Right now, we are so GPS spoiled, we put the GPS on to go from work to the house just so we can know how long it's going to take. I wish I had a witness. And we go to Waze. Waze tell you where the police are. Line on, let me let. We go to Waze so we can figure out where the cops is. You got multiple. You got Google Maps. You got that. You got choices to figure out what's the best route to take. So you can tell somebody the exact time when you're going to get there. That was not the world I grew up in. The world I grew up in, you told them, I'm going to be there in a while. Help us. I'm going to be there when I be there. I'm going to get there when I get there. If I don't get lost. Now, you could turn your GPS on and you can have a constant voice talking to you every second. And if you're not careful, and I, I don't want to be that grumpy old man. In my day, we didn't have this fancy. In my day, I don't want to be that. But, but I, what I'm saying is, if you're not careful, technology will rob you of your ability to believe God for stuff. I'm going to put that out here right now. I'm going to wait. If you're not careful, you can be, you'll be so sucked into the advancements of our technology that when it comes time for you to walk by faith and not by sight, you'll be in a heap of trouble. You'll be in a world of trouble because I'm sorry when you walk with God, you don't get a voice every second. I cannot get a witness in the bill. You don't, you don't get, the Lord will, the Lord won't speak to you for a while. The Lord will give you a word and let, the Lord will let you drive 80 miles without saying nothing. If you even listen to him. I 
I was going home from here. I think I told this story before. I was going home before, and I live out in the country. I don't, li I don't live around her. I live out in the country. And so I, I was leaving from here, and I was going on my way home, and I stopped in this town called Hillsboro. There's a, for all y'all, there's a town out here called Hillsboro. And so I stopped in Hillsboro and went into the grocery store and putting around. And then when I left, I thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to go my own way home. But I put the GPS on just to tell, just to see which way I should go. So I put on the GPS. GPS told me go out, take a left. But instead of taking a left, I took a right. And I just drove deeper into Hillsboro. Because I'm thinking, I'm sure. I'm sure I'm going to get there. I'm sure. This GPS don't know what he's talking about. I'm sure. And, I and for the first five or ten minutes, the GPS was just saying, turn around. At the next available place, turn around. At the next available place, turn around. I wish it had been, you know, the, the right kind of, if it had been the right kind of GPS for me, it had said, I, did you hear what I said? Aren't you glad your GPS don't have an attitude? See, this is what's wrong with you. This is why you always late for everything. You don't listen. You heard me say, anyway, I, I kept driving. It said, at the next turn at the next make a u-turn at the next make a U. I just kept right on driving I thought I know that there's a quick way I know I only live the next town over I'm sure there's another way than the way it's trying to tell me after about maybe 10 minutes of that the GPS read away there was a word that popped up that said recalibrating Recalibrating means that the GPS has decided that you are ignorant, <laughs> that you are not going to listen. You have decided to go your own way. And you know what? If that's how you want to go, I guess I'll just tell you how to get there that way. And by the time the recalibration was done, it told me that I had 40 minutes to go. I started out 20 minutes from my house, but after going my way, the GPS told me, fine, you are farther away than ever. I wonder if your Sunday morning services is just turning the GPS on just for the just so you can say you got the GPS on. Are you listening to what God says to you in the direction that you should take? You got to be careful going your own way because all things will work together and God is sovereign and cannot be beat. And if you make God recalibrate, he will. We're going to get quiet on this one. But there is a permissive will of God. And God will recalibrate your trip for you. But you may find that you now are farther away than ever from where you ultimately are supposed to be. Where are you going? Where are you going? What are you going to be? Where are you headed? Where, where are you going? 
I know folks, folk can have fun. Some folks love me, some folks I get on their nerves. And part of the, I know y'all just think I'm so, I hope you think I'm great, man. Well, you're in my church. But some folks like, oh, Pastor Andy, and some folks, I bother them. And the part of the reason why I bother people is because I'm kind of interested in who you are now. But really, what I really am interested in is what you can be, what you're going to be, what you ought to be. I, I love you now. I'm glad you're doing what you're doing now. But I want a better you. I want a smarter you. I want a happier you. I want a more faith-filled you. I definitely want a richer you. You ever wonder, am I praying for you to be blessed? Oh, yes, I is. I am praying for a church full of millionaires. Oh, yes, I am. I'm full time. I'm full time. I don't have some other side hustle. This is my full time job. If y'all are millionaires, oh, I'm a blessed in the city and blessed in the field and blessed when they come and bless God. I believe me. I'm praying for God to bless you, but also I'm not satisfied with where you are right now. You got to be careful not to become so satisfied with where you are now and so determined to make God give you a surety and assurance and a comfort about where you are now. Sometimes I think when we're praying for comfort, we're trying to get God to be okay with us being where we should not be. Sometimes we want God to help you, but we want God to help you so that you can continue to go to the place where you're supposed to go. Because a part of the angst in you and a part of the disturbance in you is that you're not where you're supposed to be. I was having a conversation. I know I talk about them all the time, but they live in my house, eat my food, so I can talk about them all I want. I was having a conversation with my sons who, thanks be to God, are free from weed. Somebody got to say amen, hallelujah on that one. No, go ahead and give God praise if you free yourself or if you're trying to get your children free because the weed today is special. It ain't no regular weed. No, no, no. It's special weed. My boys are free. My boys are free. If you want your children to be rejoiced with me, my boy took a long time, but they free. But the problem with them being free from weed, they've been clean for a while. Problem with it is now off weed, you got to deal with right now. See, weed, I know weed from the earth has, I got you. But the problem with weed is weed can make you okay with stuff that it's not all right to be okay with. And one of my sons, he's just, I mean, he, he is just always fussing and always loud and always mad and always upset. And everybody, he gets on everybody's nerves but me. Part of the reason why he don't get on my nerves is because he's me. That's how I was. I just didn't have weed. See, I didn't have weed because church I grew up in, they told you one puff for you will kill you. I need a, I wish somebody, everybody else will be passing it in the rotation, pastor, everybody else. But when you puff, you'll die. Don't act like there's a call on your life. And the, the puff they have will be the puff that kill you. So I didn't have weed to get over. 
I had to sit and deal with life. He don't bother me because he's unhappy. And I said to him, you're unhappy because you should be. You're unhappy because you ain't finished school yet. You're unhappy because you are not living by yourself. You need your own stuff. You need your own house. You need your own money. You don't need to be broke living around me. You need your own wife. Trying to get your mom to make you something for breakfast. She's making me something for the devil is alive. You better go out there and make your own toast. Hey, Ma, can you make me some toast? I step right in there. No, she cannot. If you want an egg and a toast maker, you better get your own house and your own money and get your own woman. Trying to get mine to make you eggs. The devil is a liar. He said, I'm just upset. I said, I know you're upset because you're the kind of person that if you don't get a certain amount of stuff accomplished, you're not good to be around. See, gentlemen, 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 we got to be all right with this. We got to stop trying to make every man happy who don't have enough money. Dude, if you don't have enough money, you're not going to be that happy. Who am I talking to? You are going to be a little bit upset. You're not going to be good. You're going to be a little bothered. You're going to be a little annoyed. And what happens is it, the drugs make you okay with now and they can numb you out to the call of what shall be. But I pray for every man and woman and child and everybody that's listening to me that the call of what shall be will be louder than you being okay with today. I almost want you annoyed. I almost want you bothered. I almost want you upset. I almost want you to have an attitude about your job. I almost want you to be like, I should be doing better than this. I should be living better than this. I ought to have more than this. I shouldn't be this tired. I shouldn't be struggling like this. Every time you pay for something, you ought to think, this should be easier. Every time you get on a plane and walk by the first class people, you ought to be like, this is going to be me one day. I, I am so tired of walking to the back and sitting hip to hip with somebody eating. I need a witness in the building. I want you to not be so ready for us to anesthetize you from your now. And now we come together, we got, uh, 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 and we got to get you to shout about now so that you can be all right with ignoring the call of your tomorrow. But I'm not going to do that, Pastor Doug. We, we'll shout, we'll praise, we'll holler, but not only are we praising God for what he has done, and we are praising God for the fact that we're alive, but the biggest praises to give God are the layaway praises. 
Anybody remember layaway? Layaway is when you give something and you don't get it yet. I give God more layaway praise than anything. I praise God so much for what he's about to do that by the time it happens, I barely owe him a praise. I, I praised him before it took place. I'm talking to somebody besides just myself. I stepped out. You stepped out. Folk who walk by faith step out even when they're not sure where are they going. They're not sure how it's going to happen. Have you ever been around any of them? They sound crazy till God moves, till God opens the door, till God makes a way. They sound crazy, but they'll lead you around and they'll show you stuff. This is where I'm going to put this, and this is where I'm going to put this, and this is where I'm going to do with this. And you're just like, okay, all right. Uh, and where are you going to put that? Yeah, and this is where I'm going to do this, and this is where I'm going to do that. And you're like, all right. And you leave, and you're like, yeah, my uncle's crazy as ever until God opens the door and God makes a way and God does what he says he was going to do and then you got to go over there and eat humble pie and be like you know what I thought you was crazy but God made a way where there seemed to be no way I know I done got excited but what am I saying what I'm saying is is you got to be careful that our GPS expectation doesn't keep us from the faith that's connected to the fact that I don't know yet. Part of the reason why I walk by faith is because that stuff I don't know. I don't know. I have to say, yeah, I don't know. Kids used to ask me a question, Dad, how far is the sun from the earth? I used to say, I don't know. But now I can pick up my phone and I can ask it. I can ask Siri and Siri will tell me. See, so again, we got to be careful that our information tech world won't rob us of the ability to say, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. The passage that I started out with, I'm 12 minutes away. I want to finish this sermon. But in verse 8, <laughs> the Bible says, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go to the place which he would receive as an his inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Beloved, this is an aspect of a relationship with God, but this is also an aspect of success in life. It is very difficult to be successful if you require over-specification of the blessing. Praise God for prophecy, but let's not get ridiculous. Somebody prophesies something too, too specific to you, they're either a dead-on, no-joke prophet that God is confirming something through, or 
They don't know what they're talking about. Because I have found that God is not as specific in the confirmation to you. It doesn't mean that God don't know, but in a sense, God don't need to be but so specific because there's so many ways he can move. I need a witness. There's so many ways he can bless you. There's so many doors he can open. Don't overly define him to only just one door. You ought to have an attitude that says, Lord, any way you bless me, I'll be satisfied. Who that Hezekiah walked? Lord, any way you bless me, I'll be satisfied, meaning I don't really know how you're going to bless me. Now, for all of us in the room who are planners and detail people and need to know, this can be a very difficult thing. Because you want to pray a very specific prayer and you want to believe in a very specific way and you are so busy standing looking at this one door for God to move in your life that there's other doors that are around you and open and you halfway are rebuking those doors. Satan, get behind me. How do you know that's Satan? That might be the Lord opening another door for you. The Bible says that Abraham was called to a place he would later receive as his inheritance and obeyed when he didn't know. I gave you a, a bunch of definitions of faith for the last several weeks based on Hebrews chapter 11. I said faith is sight, faith is sacrifice, faith is relationship, faith is fear. Number five, faith is blind obedience. There's a certain amount of faith that's just close your eyes and step. There's a certain amount of it that you just kind of are like, well... I don't know how this is going to happen, but I have my faith in God, but I have my trust in God. If this message has blessed or encouraged you, feel free to visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast and learn more about WOCC or donate to the ministry. This enables us to continue to impact the kingdom in the best way possible. Can I tell you one of the things that's dangerous, I have to deal with this myself sometimes, is you can take great steps in faith. And then when the manifestation happens and stuff starts to, to take place in your life, now you get careful. It was easy to step in faith when you was broke. Why not? <laughs> because you didn't have enough anyway. So you might as well. It's easy to start your own business when they lay you off. I'm not saying it's not hard being laid off, but it's almost easier when you have nothing else to do. What's more difficult is to take more steps. Lately, I've been saying, Lord, don't let me have more faith when I have nothing than faith when I have something. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Don't let me be more bold when I had no choice than I am after you've blessed me. The blessing ought to be a confirmation. Because 
You don't know where. You don't know how. This is a part of how God operates. He doesn't give you all the details all the time. And sometimes walking by faith is just being okay with not knowing. Where you just have to say, I don't know. I'm going to speak that over everybody in the room. With you being okay with not knowing. With you being okay with saying, I'm really not sure. Every now and then, somebody will ask me for a certain amount of clarity, and sometimes I give it, and sometimes I don't. Sometimes I just let people rest in the fact that they don't know. Folks have sat down with me and asked me, what do you feel like God is saying as a result of this? Sometimes the Lord will speak to me, and sometimes I'll say it, and sometimes I don't. Sometimes I'm like, well, you need to be patient because... This is working something in you. Something about the not sure. Something about the not so positive. Something about the not so absolute. Something about having to sing, I will remain confident in this. I will see the goodness of the Lord. I can tell where you are in your faith just by when I said touch yourself and say that. I will remain confident in this. I will see the goodness of the Lord. If you are waiting on God to do something or if you are waiting for God to do and you don't know how he's going to do it, that song means something to you. Because you're like, oh, no, no, I got, I, thank you very much. I came to church, to, if nothing else, to get me some confidence. Can, can I hear, oh, my Lord, I went, my confidence was almost gone, and they sang that song, I will remain confident in this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You need to do that when you ain't sure. Verse 9, he says, by faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Faith is patient satisfaction. Put on the screens for you. It's patient satisfaction. It's satisfied with the satisfaction that's never satisfied. That's faith. Faith is I'm satisfied, but I'm not satisfied. Faith is I'm not grumbling, I'm not complaining, but I'm not happy either. I'm not unhappy, but I'm not as happy as I shall be when I get to the place that he wants me to be. Now, I'm happy enough not to complain because I have to be careful about grumbling and complaining because grumbling and complaining and talking a bunch of junk is something that God don't like. I know something about the Lord. There's some things that really get on his nerves. And one of the things that get on his nerves is talking a bunch of junk about what he can't do and what he won't do and what he ain't going to do. I got to be very careful because my mouth has power. Oh, help us, Holy Ghost. So I got to find a way as best I can to keep my satisfaction at least satisfied enough for my mouth to be right. 
It doesn't mean I'm satisfied. It means I'm satisfied with the satisfaction that isn't really satisfied. Am I making a point to you this morning? Are you hearing what I'm saying? It means that I'm patiently waiting for my breakthrough. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I am patiently waiting for the next level. Who am I talking to? I am patiently waiting for the next door to open. I am patiently waiting for God to make a way for me. I'm knocking on every door I see. Let me see a door. I start knocking on it. Let me see a door. I pull my key ring out, and I start sticking my key ring in every single lock. I put every key I have in the lock to see, do I have the key to that door yet? Because I want every door open that belongs to me. I have decided that what belongs to me is mine. What is mine is mine. What is yours is yours. I ain't got no problem with you having what's yours. Ain't nobody hating on you, especially if I'm sure about what's mine. I don't want your stuff. I don't want your money. I don't want your job. I don't want your ministry. I don't want your church. I don't want your woman. I don't want you. You don't want nobody else's man. You want your own stuff. Whatever God has for you is yours. Whatever God has locked in time, demand it. Don't you dare be all right with what's less than what God has for you. Be satisfied with the satisfaction that's not satisfied. I'm all right with where I live now, but if God got something better, shoo. If anything, if I go to your house, your house may motivate me to believe God. What I do is I don't let the hate take me. I let the hate manifest itself into faith. I went to Cleveland, and I was hanging out with a dude I'm pretty cool with, R.A. Vernon. And I was there for his, his mother had passed, and I went there just to support, to be at the funeral. And afterwards, we went to his house. I don't know if you've ever been to anybody's house. I don't know if you like your house till you go to somebody else's house. I don't know who I'm talking I don't know if that ever, have ever happened to you, but it happened to me. I'm just walking through, and he's just showing me stuff. And I'm like, dude, this is, dude, this is. He's like, no, you ain't seen nothing yet. I'm like, I have seen enough. He's like, no, 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 you ain't seen nothing yet. And he showed me this, and he showed me this, and he showed me this, and he showed me that, and he showed me that. When he got done showing me, I just sat down, and I said, wow, man, this place. And so then I started to talk to him as my friend about my dissatisfaction with where I was. And he said to me, dude, sound like God got something better for you. See, that's the kind of friend you need. Somebody who will say, oh, do I look like I deserve this? Let me tell you something. If it had not been for the Lord on my side, if it had not been for how God made a way. He said, I got this house for a song. And I prayed and I walked around and I believed and got it for less than what it was worth. 
And if God can do that for me, he can do that for you. I'm speaking to somebody. When I got home, I didn't like my house no more. I was like, the devil is a liar. It's time to put this house on the market. Get that house out of my way. And I found me a place I could walk around and spit at and believe was mine. And I got it now. Wait till he see my house. That God miracle to me that I got in foreclosure. That I got that a, a house I couldn't build. I need a witness in the building. Oh, I got a nice house that I could not afford, but God. That I couldn't have built, but God. That I couldn't have made it, but God. If you ever see my house, you might be mad at me until you remember I couldn't build that house. I couldn't afford that house. I got that house through the Lord, and I got it because I was satisfied with the satisfaction. That's not satisfied. You know, some folk don't go nowhere because they don't want to be dissatisfied. Some folk don't go. Some folk stay in the house. Some folk don't go to nobody else's church, nobody else's conference, nobody else's nothing, nobody else's place because they scared that what they see will make them dissatisfied with what they have now. Let me rebuke that all for you right now. You need to know you won't know better till you see better. And sometimes when you see better, when you see better, you start to say, oh, my God. If God can do that for you, he can certainly do that for me. If one of your scary girls is getting married, go to the wedding. I'm preaching a word. Don't be a hater. Sit there and think, now, if this scary, mean girl can get a man like this, I know God got somebody for me. Go there, clap, throw rice, say amen, knock people down and catch the bouquet, and believe that God can move for you. I can't go to that wedding. It's going to make me mad. Uh-huh. That's your problem. You need to be all right with the fact that, oh, you bring, bring it on. You need to be all right with the fact that you don't know better till you see better. I need a witness. I need a witness. You won't even know until you see greater, until you see more, until you see bigger. Then you say, oh, wow, is that how God moves? Oh, wow, is that what God does? Oh, wow, is that how God works? I've been working this thing all the way wrong. One of my friends, they gave him. I'm, I'm here trying to get y'all to get a victory park. We're trying to break this ground. One of my best friends, they gave him a church. Gave him. Gave him. Paid off. Building paid off, gave it to him. In California, gave it to him. He sent me a flyer. Hey, I want you to be here for the dedication. There was a little part of me that was like, the devil is, what kind of, what kind of, well, I don't know if you can be honest. I don't know if you've ever been there where you're like, now that is just the, the devil is a lie. It's one of my best friends, but still it's there. 
I'm just being honest. It's in there, and you're a little bit like, what? Even though you're like, oh, wow. But inside you're like, really? Now, you want me to book a flight? I sure did. I booked a flight. I booked a ticket. I went there. I shouted. We went to breakfast. I said, let me raise an offering at the meeting because I want folk to give to the miracle that God has done. You better be careful being mad about what God has done for somebody else. Because I thought to myself, well, if God has blessed you, I'm right next to you. He must be moving. He must be now. Lord, I'm next. I'm right here. Lord, after him, it's me. Have your way in my life. You ain't about to find me hating. I am patiently waiting. Tell someone, I'm patiently waiting. I am patiently waiting. I'm waiting. I don't have an attitude. Trying the best I can not to have an attitude. Yeah, girl, I'm going on another date with another. Look, pray for him. Try not to have an attitude. Fight the attitude. You got to fight it. Faith is patient. Faith is waiting on a promise. Verse 11, I'm done. By faith, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed. She bore a child when he, she was past the age because she judged God faithful who had promised. Y'all know God is faithful. She judged God faithful who had promised. Now, gentlemen, I know this is going to be a little bit of a leap for us because we are seed givers, not seed receivers. For all of our sisters and wives and daughters who are in here, this is an easy passage for them to take in because they are receivers of seed and we are givers of seed. But I want you to just for a minute identify with Sarah. In essence, what the word is saying is that you have to believe that God can plant a miracle in you if you judge him faithful to his promise. Because by faith, you stay open to receive your miracle. Even if you're past age, well, I speak it to everyone who feels like it's too late, for everyone who feels like they missed the boat, for everyone who feels like they should have did it five years ago, seven years ago, ten years ago, Sarah says, if you judge God faithful who has promised, you can still receive your miracle. Faith is seed multiplication. Faith is resurrection. Faith is life from death. Faith is just because I look dead don't mean I'm dead. Just because I look old don't mean I'm old. Just because it looks too late don't mean it's too late. Faith is, well, I don't care how old I am. I am judging God faithful who promised I'm staying open. I am going to receive 
believe what God has for me. He's going to put a dream in me. He's going to put a call in me. He's going to put a work in me. He's going to put a business in me. He's going to put a seed in me. And I am going to incubate what God has for me. And my womb is not dead. I am still looking for God to impregnate me with purpose and power and vision and anointing and breakthrough. I'm still open. I'm not closed off. I'm not bitter. I'm not so old that God can't plant nothing in me. My hands are lifted and I'm like, God, do what you want to do and say what you want to say and fill me with yourself. Because when I do that, the seed multiplies. This is one of the most fascinating things about faith that we don't talk about. And it's why you have to be satisfied with the satisfaction that's never satisfied is because if God ever really impregnates you with something, it's never one thing. It's never one thing. Elders, it's never one thing. Deacons, it's never one thing. Saints of the Most High God, it's never one thing. Everybody that came in this room, it's never one thing. Everyone that's watching around the world, it's never one thing. God don't give you one baby. God give you twins. God gives you triplets. God gives you quintuplets. God, if God really doesn't pregnant you, it won't be one thing. You know it's God when it leads to something else and something else and something else and something else. When you can see five things, God talk to you. God's too big to talk to you about one thing. If all you want is to be a barber, God ain't talk to you. But if you start talking about being a barber and then start talking about owning your own shop and then talking about having a school and teaching others and then talking about having multiple shops, now you have heard something from the Lord because the Lord won't impregnate you with something that will just bless you. If God ever really does anything in you, it will be so he can touch somebody else through you. No, please get this. If you really want to be rich, ask God to give you enough to bless other people and God will bless you. He'll never bless you just to bless you. He will bless you to be a blessing. You want God to open the door? You want God to bless your business? Tell God. Tell him, Lord, I'll give chances to people that who should. Lord, I'll believe in folk. Lord, I'll make a way. Tell God what you'll do for others when he moves on your behalf. Can I get a witness in the building? That's how you get God. The Lord is like, oh, you mean that if I put something in you, it won't just be for you? And you say, oh, no, no, Lord. No, no, Lord. Lord, I promise you, if you move, God, if you, Lord, if you touch, Lord, if you step in, God, if you move, Lord, if you heal, God, if you deliver, Lord, if you heal me from this, I will tell everybody you are cancer healer. I'll tell everybody you are high blood pressure lower. God, you, all you got to do is touch me one time because you're not just healing me for me. You're healing me so I can tell everybody you're a healer. 
A seed is a multiplication thing. You can't really contain what God has for you. It's one, of the most, it's one of the most difficult things to fully understand. It's why you have to be okay with the unknown. It's why you have to be satisfied with the satisfaction that's never satisfied. It's because when God steps in from the beginning, you're inadequate. From the minute he shows up, you're not enough. From the minute he shows up, you don't know enough. From the minute he shows up, you don't have enough space. From the minute he shows up, you ain't smart enough. You have to be all right with it. If you're smart enough, it ain't him. It's you. When it's really him, it'll be something that you need him to do. You, it'll be something you can't do without him. You'll be like, well, Lord, if we're going to have the biggest company in the whole state, it's going to take you. I'm going to have to be all right with being uncomfortable because I can't handle that. Lord, I don't even know enough people who can help me with that. And the Lord will be like, yeah, so you're going to have to get open to new and open to strange. And open to something you don't know now. God's not going to bless you if the blessing can't send you back to school. I want the Lord to bless you in such a way that you're like, I got to go take a class on how to figure out how to handle all of this blessing. I got to go. Back. What are you doing? Man, I'm up here. Wake Tech, man, I'm up here. This I found this free program. I got to learn this because God has blessed me so mightily that I don't know how to handle it. I don't know what to do next. I'm going to speak that over everybody. In the, you have to have faith because you don't know yet. Stop being so determined to know. And I'm not yelling that at you. I'm yelling that at me. This is where I go to church. It is hard not knowing. Not knowing can keep you up at night. Not knowing can make you nervous. Not knowing can fill you full of anxiety. But the devil is a liar. You got to say, hey, you know what? With God on my side. Tis so sweet to trust him. Tis so sweet to be in a situation where he's all I got. But I find that when he's all I got, he's all I need. He's all I need. The days are coming and are now here where the folk who are able to keep their head above water are going to be the people who are okay with not being sure. I'm talking to somebody in this room. I'm talking to somebody around the world. You can't even read the news if you're not ready to not be sure. People getting shot every day for no reason whatsoever. Come on, give me, I, I, come on. 
the, the school is crazy. Now the now there's a new currency, and what's the dollar gonna be? What you listen? Can I tell you if you foster an ability to walk by faith and not by sight, and to believe God, you are going to be an extremely valuable person. The world gonna need somebody who can say, "Yeah, it's okay," because faith is the currency that I'm using, and faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And it may look like this, and it may look like that, but God is gonna turn this thing around. No, I'm talking real deal. You, if you are somebody that can keep your head in a difficult situation, if you are somebody who can be okay when stuff is on fire, if you can be somebody who don't need a drug to get you through every second, if you are somebody that your hope is built on nothing less, if you're somebody who your soul is anchored in something else besides just the circumstances, you're going to be a very valuable person in the days to come. Because we are living in the world of the unknown. And fear is a major motivator for our economy. At this point, beloved, you got to know God. That, our, our mamas used to sing it, and I will close on this. Our mamas used to sing it. They used to sing, on Christ the solid rock. I stand all of the ground. It really is sinking sand. That's been almost kind of hard to sing in America because we had so many other things that seem solid. But for us to now say, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus. I dare not trust the sweetest frame. You know what I'm leaning on? His name. If it wasn't for prayer, I wouldn't have made it through. If it wasn't for a prayer, if I didn't have a gospel song, if I didn't have a worship song, if I didn't have a something to get me there, because this world's crazy. This world is insane. But I've got the Lord in my life. So I have faith because I don't know yet. I may not know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know he holds my hand. My grandmama used to sing, you better hold to his hand, God's unchanging hand. I wish I had some church for Hold to his hand, God's unchanging hand. Build your hopes on things eternal. You better hold, you better grab his hand. Because in times like these, you need him close. Because faith is seed multiplication, meaning that you realize God sows something in you and it multiplies. In spite of how old you are, in spite of how late it looks, God is still able. If you heard a word, put your hands together and bless the Lord. Come on, let's give. Let's give to the work of the kingdom of God. Let's sow a seed. Since seed is, faith is seed multiplication, let's multiply some seed real quick. Let's give. Now, we've been giving towards, to, donating towards Victory Park. It's so interesting because for most of the life of world overcomers, we haven't really ever taken up second offerings. I grew up in a church where they took a building fund offering every single week forever. I don't know why everybody's running to the door. I, I rebuke that. Unless you're setting up for ministry. 
But what I'm saying to you is, anybody remember that? They had a building fund offering. Whether it was a building fund or not. But for, for most of the life of World Overcomers, we took up one offering. Tithes and offerings, and that was it. But, beloved, right now, we are moving towards this Victory Park. We are trying to continue to raise our money. If you have yet to make a pledge, we need you to make a pledge. If you've been like, oh, they got enough people to make pledges. No, we do not. I'll tell you right now, we don't. Oh, I'm sure they have enough. No, we don't. Why haven't they broke ground yet? Well, because we still need more people to make a pledge. And give and sow and believe in the victory that overcomes the world. It's our faith to walk by faith and not by sight. So if you need an offering envelope, you can simply raise your hand. One of the gatekeepers will come to you and give you one. If you're watching live around the area, certainly around the world, you can give. But for all of you that watch around the area, there was a time when we filled this room up two and three and four times on a Sunday morning. Everybody's still here. They're just not in the room. Just because you're not in the room don't mean we don't need you to make a pledge. We need you to take a picture of that QR code. We need you to make a pledge. I need a thousand people to make a pledge today of a thousand dollars. A thousand people make a pledge of a thousand dollars, then we're good. Hear me. If a thousand people pledge a thousand dollars today, we're really good. Am I lying? If a thousand people today, first Sunday in May, make a pledge of a thousand dollars, we're good. There's a certain amount we got a bank we're working with, and it's a black bank, and they're, 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 when it comes to our money, when it comes to our cash flow, we, we have the, the, we've always paid our bills on time, we've always paid BPG on time. We have the history. We have the credit. We have the record. It's just a matter of, really, the bank wants to know, does the church believe in the vision as much as me? They met me. They're like, oh, you're great. They watched my stuff. Oh, you're great. The question is, well, post-COVID, does your church actually want to move? We know you want to move. No, don't pass it yet. No, don't pass it yet. Hold on. We know you want to move, Pastor Andy. We know you want to go to another place. But you do have a place. I we're not so sure if your church wants to go. I know, I know elders want to go. I, I need to hear that from somebody in the back. Like, no, no, we want to go, Pastor Andy. We're not trying to stay here. We just thought you had it. Well, I don't. We don't. It's not about our ability to pay it off. It's not our ability to pay it back. It's not, it's no question of that. When you have a church like this, they actually literally want to see, do you have buy-in from your members? They want to see that. They want to know, have, you, have your members bought in to your vision? They actually gave me two different lists. There's a list of people who tithe. They're, they're like, yeah, but people tithe because they tithe. Tithe because they was raised to tithe. When folk give to a, when they make a pledge, it means they believe in the vision of the church and the future of the church. We need to see that they believe in that. So whether you're in the room, 
whether you're watching live around the world, if you're in here and you're like, I don't know if I'm a member. If you come here every week, you're a member. I memberize you. Memberization, member, member, dominus wobiscum et cum spiritual orem pater note chies and kylus. There, you are memberized. I'm waiting for the class. You just took the class. Jesus is all you need. Well, I watch every week, but I don't know if I'm a member. You're a member. I member you. Woo! Oh, you feel that? You a member now? Now. Can you give? Can you give? Can we give to the work of the kingdom of God? I, I believe like never before that God has a work for us to do. The way I know it's God is that it's bigger than just us. To be, to be honest, beloved, can I, can I tell you the truth? Can I tell you the truth? If I wanted to build a building that was 50,000 square feet, we'd be in there. If I was like, oh, I just want to build a 50,000 square feet. I want to have a nice little sanctuary and have a good lobby and just have church. We'd have been done that. We'd have been done that. I, I could, we could have done that, and I wouldn't even be doing this. I wouldn't have to do this. I, I wouldn't have to do this. Because a 50,000 square foot building, we'd build that no, like nothing. And we'd have church there, but, I, but I'm trying to build this 100,000 square foot space that's going to have these basketball courts, and I, I have this vision of it being open 24 hours a day, and I have a vision of heathens walking on there and finding hope. I have a vision of gangs. I have a vision of young men playing midnight leagues. I have a vision of us impacting the community. I have a vision of the counseling center helping people that don't just belong to us. No, I'm talking real with you. I'm talking real with you. I had a consultant that come to met with me to talk to me about how to raise the money. And they were saying to me, Pastor Andy, you talk too much about everything else. And you don't talk. You need to let church people only care about church. So you need to talk more about how it's for the church. And then maybe they'll give to that. And I, I was like, okay, I suppose I could do that. But I can't let go of this vision that God has given me for us to impact our community. My Lord. I am so concerned about our culture. If you ain't black in here, you ain't black watching, I'm sorry. I am so concerned about our ratchet cult. We got to do something to fix our cult. We got to give these people more than just the Bible. I love the guy, but we had to let him go. We couldn't, we couldn't work with that consultant anymore because I need somebody who can help me so that we can talk about the vision that God has given me. If we're going to just do church, we can just stay here. If we're just going to do church. This place is great for church, but this place is limited for what God really wants us to do. It's not ours. We don't own this. We don't own these spaces. We can only do but so much on the parking they won't let us have the right kind of signage. Our time is up here. It's just up. We've been here a long time. This wilderness is getting old. It's time for us to take possession of the land. And, I, I, and what, for us to do that, we're one thing away. The one thing away is just people pledging. 
it isn't even really people fully paying on the pledge. It's not even that. Now, we want you to pay on the pledge, but it's not even that. Because we've been going for 20 years. We have such a track record of being faithful and paying our stuff on time. The bank, they, they know we're good for it. They just want to see, do we have buy-in? I'm so glad I'm not uncomfortable right now. I'm really not. Because at the end of the day, God is sovereign. And I am praying that God will bless you exceedingly, abundantly above whatever you can ever ask or think according to the power that's at work within you. That's my prayer. My prayer is if you make a pledge of $1,000 or you make a pledge of $2,000 or you make a pledge of $3,000, that God will give you the money right away. That's my prayer for everybody right now. That this week you'll be like, oh my God, I got a thousand dollars. They sent me something from my, I got a return from when from, from eight years ago. The government sent me money. That's my, that my prayer is for you to then be like, wow, well, if this is how seed works, then let me sow more. And see how God will multiply this back to me. This is not just an opportunity for us to build something. This is an opportunity for you to see how God moves. Amen. So I want you to make a pledge. I want you to give right now. Come on, let's bow our heads and pray for this offering. Lord, thank you for this opportunity that we have to give. Lord, I'm doing the best I can to lovingly lead your people to what it really means to walk in fellowship relationship with you. Lord, you know who's in the room. Lord, you know everybody who's at home watching. And God, I pray that you would touch hearts right now. Our trust lies in you. Thank you for this word that we heard. Thank you that we are responding with our giving. We're walking by faith and not by sight. Take this offering and multiply it supernaturally to every person that gives right now, to everyone that makes a pledge right now. God, I'm believing right now that we will have the numbers we need to break this ground in the fall and to start the process of getting out of this building. Thank you, God, for what it has been, but it's time for us to go. We put our trust in you. Bless gift and giver in the name of Jesus. We all said together, amen. God bless you as you give. So we've got some great, awesome stuff happening at the church. Made some great announcements earlier. If you can just sit tight just long enough for them to pass the bucket and give by way of check. You can make your check payable to WOCC. You're watching online. Thanks so much for being with us. Gentlemen, we are definitely going to be pulling together a group to go with me to South Carolina. If you're interested in going with us, we're going to be sending out a, a great big blast. And it's available now. Available now. So if you're like, oh, yeah, I'd love to go to South Carolina. It's just going to be a, a day and a night trip. We're going to drive up there on Friday, spend the night, Stay there together. Go to this to Herbert Bailey's awesome church. Gentlemen, come together. I'm going to drop a word. And we're going to have a time, and then we'll get in, come back on Saturday. Have your Saturday. Columbia is about, what, three hours away. It'll just be a, a day and a night trip. You know, I'd love it for us to really go and support, for us to be there together. Amen.
Jump on your feet. Let me pray for you. Let you go. Lord, thank you. Thank you for this awesome time together. Thank you for this awesome Sunday. Thank you, Lord God, for this word. Thank you for this seed. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to walk in multiplication. Thank you for every person that was in the room. Thank you for all the first-time visitors that came with us. Bring them back. Thank you for all the new members that just became members today. Thank you for everyone that became a member online today. Thank you, Lord God, that we are now joined together and determined to overcome the world. And not just for ourselves, but for our children's children. Dismiss us from this place, but never from your presence. Cover us with your blood. And as we always pray, let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. For God, you're our rock, you're our redeemer. We love you. In Jesus' name, we all sit together. Amen. God bless you. Greet somebody in the name of the Lord. Give somebody a holy hug. You are dismissed. God bless you. Hopefully you were blessed and encouraged by this message. Visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast for more information on WOCC and events that are coming up. Maybe we are coming to your area soon. God bless.